Welcome to Modern Day Missionaries, a podcast by Modern Day Missions created for missionaries by missionaries, where we talk about topics that affect our actual life on the mission field. This is a space where we get practical and personal and talk about the day-to-day real challenges and joys of this crazy life God has called us into. I'm your host, fellow missionary, Stephanie Gutierrez. Feel stressed trying to measure your success as a missionary? Author and charismatic counselor Amy Young challenges and redefines the idea of success on the field. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today. We are talking soul care today with Amy Young. You know, I first had the pleasure of hearing Amy speak at a conference I attended, and I was really impacted by what she had to share and cannot wait for you all to hear from her today. Amy is a formal global worker who served in China for nearly 20 years. She's also a licensed professional counselor, and she's passionate at providing soul care for cross-cultural workers, really helping them take care of themselves so that they can serve well, which is what we're all about at Modern Day Missionaries. And Amy co-founded two great ventures you may have heard of, Velvet Ashes, which is an online community for women who are global workers. And she also founded Global Trellis, which is great. You guys have to check these out if you have not seen them yet. And Global Trellis is an online platform that supports cross-cultural workers, helping them avoid burnout, overwhelm, and stagnation. I personally like to avoid those things. So I'm really glad that you created that, Amy. Me too. (laughs) And I love that you've got these great low-cost workshops for workers that um, are really helpful. And we'll put all this information in the show notes as well. You're also an author, Amy, of six books. I know. I recently picked up your latest one. Thank you. I'll be book twinsies with you, holding it up. Yes, look at us, we match. Yes. Well, And what you share in here is so life-giving. It's really necessary. And I think it's what I'd love to dig in with you today. So as we step into this freedom and soul care space, we're going to talk a little bit about that burden of being successful on the mission field and what yeah. that does to our souls and how we can be, as you talk about in the book, free to be fruitful as God calls us to be, rather than letting ourselves get crushed by the expectations we put yeah. on ourselves, which we do. We do. Let's we, and we all do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as a global worker in, in China for so many years, what did that burden feel like for you, Amy, that burden of success? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here and all of you listening. I love these kind of conversations. It's life-giving to me and I'm hoping and praying it's life-giving to all of you as well. Stephanie, that is a great question. And I would invite all of us to kind of go back before we went to the field. And those of you who haven't gone to the field yet, what do you picture that your life is going to be like and even your ministry and how it is that God is going to use you? I think it's great that we all have these ideas and and that's, it's not at all a problem to have ideas. We have to have, like, we, we cannot go in totally with a blank slate, but I have to say the ideas I had and what I thought like ministry fruitfulness was going to look like, it was very different for me. So I had to adjust, which is fine. Like that's not a problem, but it's if we're not adjusting. So in my mind, and I don't know all the rest of you, But again, God had called me to be a part of the Great Commission and to be a part of his exciting work in the world. And I was thrilled to do it. And he called me to a part of the world, as as Stephanie mentioned, China, that historically had not had as many open opportunities for the gospel to come in. So a lot of the people I was working with maybe had vaguely heard of God, but really had not, knew nothing about God, knew nothing about Jesus, knew nothing about 
what it means to be free in him and all of these things. So I thought it was going to be a more, and I'm even going to use the word, I thought it was going to be more fruitful. You see, these ideas are still in yeah. me, which is why it's so good to talk about them. <laughs> because if we bring them to the light, then we can bring more accurate truth to them or we can tweak where we've gotten slightly off and what fruitful means. But I, I associated fruitful with numbers that people, mm. more people were going to be coming to the Lord. And then we'd be part of that, you know, discipleship process, getting them plugged into fellowships, watching them grow in the Lord. And I would imagine a lot of you as well were are part of an organization. We would have an annual meeting. And so you, we'd get together with people all from around China and other parts of Southeast Asia and Mongolia, and our, our region of the world. And you would hear stories of people who they had like 13,558 coming to a Bible study in their living room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, well, of course they did not. But <laughs> my, my, in my head, right. that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. It might've been 13 people, which still for what I was doing was an astronomical number. And it's, it's so exciting to hear what the Lord is doing in other people's lives. But I have to admit, it was also mixed with jealousy and confusion. Uh, it didn't sound like they wow. were doing things differently than I was, or I wasn't not trying to be a good global worker and a good, you know, share of the gospel in appropriate times. We taught classes with um, university students, so we did not use the classroom inappropriately, like, oh, let's all study the Bible. But we would try to be intentional with our lesson planning, reading a short story that involves someone who dies. And so you can talk about death and what do you think happens after death and i mean some of those we use the language of salty we would try to have salty conversations and some would engage in those salty conversations and then that they they would have that salty conversation and then move on and show no other spiritual interests and and, and sometimes you would have i would say i was five years in one location kind of a remote location um and probably two people came to the Lord through our active ministry. I had another teammate, so two of us. And on one hand, you can look at that and say, wow, two people, five years. A, hard soil, and, and there's legitimacy to that. Or B, was it worth all the time, money, effort? Is it better? And the, I, those are not bad questions because sometimes it is time mm -hmm. to shut something down and move. And sometimes, as I said, though, when I would hear other colleagues within my organization, talk mm. about all the Bible studies and all the this and, you know, people writing worship songs in Chinese because they were so on fire for God. And I'm barely able to get someone like, come to my house and make banana bread. And let's see <laughs> what conversations we can have. Are there ways that we can just find out what's going on in your life? So if nothing else, I can pray for you. I can, I can have all of that. So that's a messy, long answer to say my head and my heart sometimes are in disconnect over what fruitfulness means. I understand intellectually. And for those of you not watching the video, like I'm touching my head. I understand that it is the work of the spirit. Yeah. And what I have been invited into is faithfulness. Faithfulness does not mean fruitfulness is going to equate to numbers. Sometimes it does. Sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't. And sometimes it's two steps forward, five steps backwards. Two right. steps forward, four steps sideways, two steps forward. Um, and so I just realized I need to understand how I have been influenced being from a North American context that 
often associates fruitfulness with numbers. You're right. I hear phrases all the time, like we count people because people count. And as you're pointing out, there is some validity and truth to that. And yet, if we go full on all the way, only numbers comparing, that does something to our souls. What did that do to you? It, as I said, one of the big things was it confused me and Mm. it sort of disheartened me. Mm. Um, And it also turned me to the Lord because I knew I was rightly handling. I knew I was like putting effort into lesson planning and I was showing up at at culture lessons and I was having lunch with students. So it wasn't that I wasn't doing the work. It's one thing if we're, you know, whatever we're called to medicine and you just never go to the hospital to work like then. Okay, well, there's a solution to that problem. (laughs) But I was doing the work. I was putting time into lesson plans. They were good lesson plans. Mm. They I was spending time with students. I was getting to know them. And so it partially challenged me, Amy, where are you focused? Are you focused on others or, or are you focused on God and what God is saying? And because in my soul, I didn't hear God saying, do more. That message honestly was coming more from inside of me of you're not really fruitful. I truly never heard that message from the Lord. It was. Mm-hmm. just ways I had internalized, oh, this is what I think fruitfulness is. And then I would inadvertently compare myself to others. Yeah, I would have, I love sports. So for those of you who are motivated or in school, like I'm, I was the kind of person very motivated by grade. So if you're the kind of person who likes a scoreboard, likes to know, you know, how much time is left in the game? What is the oh, score? What could I do to get two more percent in this, you know, whatever, Spanish class? Okay, you need an extra credit report on whatever. I can go, like, I can work hard. Oh, my word. So this is how you're wired. And then that's what you're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, you make a great point. I think there are some personalities where it's a little bit easier for them to just go with the flow and trust the Lord. We all want fruitfulness, but there are some that are maybe better at trusting or being more relaxed. And then there are some, and there are for sure some missionaries listening to you or global workers who are going, yes, I am wired to produce and to be competitive. And for those kind of people, especially, oh my gosh, the the anguish I'm sure that that produced. Well, that was even as in the beginning, as you're doing the introduction to this podcast, Stephanie, and you're talking about like Amy Young and soul care. The hilarious thing is I totally believe in it and I totally value it. It's so necessary. Yeah. And if people hear that and that's like all they hear about me, they might think I have a certain type of wiring or personality that's very poetic and lovely. Oh, no, I am the person who will be in a sports match screaming my face off. I am the person who's like, (laughs) no, I that I am that kind of I value soul care. And I think it totally goes with my personality, but I'm not your typical, you know, you all know what I'm talking about. There is some people who are spiritual directors. They're absolutely the most lovely people on the planet. Mm-hmm. No one would use the adjective lovely to describe me. They would use other nice na- adjectives, but okay, like, lovely, like go get her, go get her, go what, get her. What else would they Fun. say? Have, you know, but, <laughs> but not lovely. So. 
gosh. I, I, I really appreciate your transparency right now, Amy, because I've had so many conversations with missionaries who have said these kind of things. Like, I am giving everything I have. What else am I supposed to give? And it is a frustrating feeling. And there's this quote that you have in the book that I absolutely love. It says, we emphasize ministry fruitfulness over personal fruitfulness, not realizing that one flows out of the other while the other leads to death, the death of a thousand cuts. Oh, yes. Can we say burnout? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So say more about the difference between ministry fruitfulness and personal fruitfulness, which is what you really get into in, in this right. book. So again, um, those who are listening, the name of the book is Becoming More Fruitful in Cross-Cultural Work. And the subtitle is How to Be Free in Christ and Rooted in Reality as You Fulfill Your Call. What drew me to this, I'll kind of share the story of how, how we got to this book. As, as you mentioned, Stephanie, I've actually written six books. So one of my books was called Getting Started. It's for people in their first year of cross-cultural service. Just saying that first year is very unique because you are building a life. You're figuring out how to do shopping, where to do this. How, I mean, just all of the things that you've got to get going. And one of the things when someone's new to the field, and I would imagine many of you listening to this are nodding your heads as I'm going to say this, your relationship with God, how you are spiritually fed changes that first year because you've gone from an environment where you knew how to be spiritually fed in your passport country. You were probably attending churches, sir, listening to sermons, understanding the sermons because they were in a language you understood, mm -hmm. going to Bible studies in a small group. You had a community. You've moved to the field and often you might be with other believers, but you've known them three weeks, four months. Like you don't have history with them yet. You will get there. You mm. will get to where you have history. You might not understand going to church, like understanding sermons as you're learning the language. Services might feel so, so different. Maybe you're used to a whatever, a one-hour service, and the country you're in is a three-hour service. Or you're used to a two-hour service, and you go to a one-hour service. And so there's just this little bit of disequilibrium internally of, huh, okay, well, that, that either felt like too much or too little. <laughs> right. And so at the beginning, you're going to be more responsible for your spiritual feeding as you're getting your feet under you in that new mm -hmm. place. And then once you get your feet under you, you, you will be spiritually fed. And so in that book, I wrote a chapter on you and God in that first year and sort of this whole idea that I just talked about. And I had a couple of, of activities in there. One was based on the fruit of the spirit saying, let's go to a, a passage that's familiar, but we can look at slightly differently. Well, no surprise, that book ended up being too long. So I had to cut that part out. And I turned it into a, actually its own workbook called Connected, Staying Spiritually Fed. So unpacking the fruit of the spirit. And, and I noticed in there almost what felt like a hierarchy because it starts with love. And then, it, which I thought that's so great, your first year or your first month on the field, if you can focus on love and then joy the second month, peace the third month patience the fourth month about the fourth month is when you do need patience because you're yeah. amen to that right yes <laughs> kindness the fifth month goodness and so going on to the ninth month being self-control and i thought god is so kind he didn't start with self-control uh, like we're gonna start with self-control right. and get to love no if we can start and the foundation is love and we add all this it's, so i was kind of curious is there a progression to these 
or am I That's just so interesting? Noticing, yeah, I never I, thought about it that way. Right. Or am I just noticing it? Cause I'm looking at it through this lens of first year on the field. Yeah. And then I thought, this isn't just for people in their first year on the field. If we could have all of these fruit of the spirit. So I did publish that book. And then I really dove into studying the fruit of the spirit. And that's where then becoming more fruitful. Because as I learned about the fruit of the spirit, Stephanie, I, we could talk for five hours here, dear listeners. Well, for we sure. Oh, we, will, we, will, we will land this plane at an appropriate right. destination. But it was as if Paul was writing it to cross-cultural workers in our time period. And I realized Whoa. he was writing to an audience who were wrestling with what does it mean to be a Christian in this context? Mm. And what was familiar to them? Like, I think when we get in situations that are a little disorienting, what's familiar, we go back to. And so for them, what was familiar was to go back to the law. Okay, if I just follow the law, then I know I'm a quote unquote good Christian. And I thought, what is the law? And I'm using air quotes for us. What is the law in cross-cultural work? And often it is our metrics. What is mm. fruitfulness? And so when we are feeling like I am not fruitful or we're feeling a little disoriented, it's natural or it's understandable that we would turn to what's familiar. And for most of us listening to this, we probably come out of a Western context where what's familiar are metrics that are based on numbers, metrics that are based on things we can measure because we can measure them. Like, so there, there's a way to know, yeah. am I doing and, and metrics are not the problem, but the problem is when we turn to them as the law and, and think that's where freedom is going to come. And Paul was saying to the Galatians, oh, you foolish Galatians. And if you read that, those passages in Galatians 4, 5, and 6, you can hear Paul's exasperation. Oh, yeah. And, he gets angry. <laughs> oh, he gets angry. And so read it through the lens of, oh, you foolish cross-cultural workers. You have freedom in Christ. You have true freedom where you can walk with the spirit. And instead you're walking in the flesh. And for us, the flesh is often our definition of fruitfulness. So when I'm talking about ministry fruitfulness, you might be working with human trafficking. You might be working in medicine or education, translation work. You might be doing education. There's all of these different things. You might be doing member care for your organization or the support work of bookkeeping and making sure our organizations are legally compliant with different or, you know, different laws around the world. There's nothing wrong with any of those. But when that gets elevated over how God defines fruitfulness, and again, if you all could see my hand, like I'm holding one hand below the other one. It's easy when we're under stress and we are not taking care of our souls to get the ministry metrics slightly over the personal metrics of how God says, this is what's fruitfulness, is walking with the Spirit. And as I studied it, I know I just took a deep breath. Sorry, I'm, I'm like, so I get so excited, Stephanie, because if people, I love your passion, if people can get this, yeah, in Galatians, Paul uses the plural for works of the flesh. He uses the singular for fruit. So again, as a English teacher, I was like, what's going on here? In other passages, gifts are plural. So it's not that, that Paul made a mistake or he consciously chose plural for gifts and works and singular for fruit. And it's that 
we cannot have all of the gifts. I have some, you have some for us working together. Thank mm -hmm. the Lord. We don't have to do all the works of the flesh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Envy and cheating and sexual sins. Like, like, but if we've done one, we are turning to a different law. We are turning to a different way to make us feel free than actual freedom. Where fruit in the spirit, fruit of the spirit is singular. And if you look on the cover, it uses grapes mm -hmm. because Paul uses the language of grapes here in Galatians, showing that we can have all nine of the fruit at all times, which blew my mind because wow. I tend to think of, oh, I need love here. I need gentleness here, little self-control here, or, oh, Stephanie's really good at patience. And Jason's really good at, you know, joy. And, and God is like, no, you're, you have all of them all of the time mm. because you are my child and my spirit is alive in you, which I just thought that is the true freedom that Paul is so exasperated. You can have the fruit of the spirit at work in you at all times. And instead you choose the lesser beautiful thing of metrics as your true measure. Wow. Well, I love what you're mentioning here, Amy, because you're talking about when we really put our focus on mm -hmm. personal fruitfulness versus ministry, personal fruitfulness leads to ministry fruitfulness. Correct. I cannot be so filled with all the fruit of the spirit and not produce something for the Lord that's going to lead to metrics. But when we focus on ministry fruitfulness or those metrics, those don't necessarily lead to personal fruitfulness. And so I think a, a challenge sometimes is when we are communicating with supporters, um, we don't usually write our, our newsletters starting, uh, you would not believe the amount of self-control and patience I walked in this month. They're not so much interested in hearing about our personal fruitfulness. They want to hear about our ministry fruitfulness. And yet personal fruitfulness is what keeps us on the field doing what we do. So how do you manage the tension of those two? Oh, this is such a fantastic question. And Stephanie, I don't know if you know, I also wrote a book on writing newsletters. I don't mean to just promote my books, but the, to me, they no, all Amy mentioned together. them. This is part of what we do at Modern Day. We want to connect well, people with resources they that all help them. Weave together. They and do. I think so many people don't like writing newsletters because of this very thing. There's an yeah. element of, I have to hustle for my work. I love the phrase newsletter. And I think so often what we hear in our head is news report. I am reporting on what I'm doing. I am not writing a letter yeah. to people who love me and are praying for me and care about me and are, you know, trusting that I am doing the work. Yeah. And there's such a different posture, isn't there, between I have to give a report right. versus I just writing a letter. I'm writing a letter to people, which is why the book I wrote is called Enjoying Newsletters. Because I want people, I want you listening to love writing newsletters and not to dread it. I yeah. did not realize I was unusual, which is like the story of my life, that I never <laughs> realized I'm unusual until I, being around co colleagues and coworkers who are also writing newsletters, mm -hmm. they dreaded it. I was like, wait, you don't enjoy writing newsletters? And what I found is, two things. Either they put it off, put it off, put it off because it felt so heavy. It felt so heavy. And by the time they quote unquote had to write one, it was too much material. Well, no wonder it felt so heavy. You can't write all of that. 
or they would write it and then edit it, edit it, edit it, pull it out tomorrow, look at it again, tweak it, edit it, edit it, edit it, edit it, edit it. Oh, now a month has gone by. This information's old. <sighs> Have to start over. And again, neither of those are the path to freedom. That is not the yeah. path to freedom and enjoying being in relationship with supporters. So I, I think it is important that you, we are demonstrating, we are doing what we've gone out to do. I, yeah. Again, I am not anti-metrics, but it's very different in a letter where you tell a story about maybe a patient you interacted with and people are like, yeah. oh, okay, they're seeing patients. Or you highlight a challenge you had, you share, you know, I had to do all of this government paperwork so that our clinic can still be here. Or we had just showing parts of our lives that are still demonstrating without having to say, I did five Bible studies and I, you know, baptized four people and I, we, and, and so part of the work I believe for each of us is internal. One, one chapter in the book on newsletters is the importance of our mindset mm. and how how we think about newsletters, how we think about writing them, how we think about, oh my gosh, like this has to be a perfect letter. Again, the beauty between a newsletter and oh say a book is honestly, how many times are people going to read a newsletter? Once or twice. And then if it's paper, no offense, outside of your mom or your aunt, Mm-hmm. they're going to throw it away. Yeah. Which is wonderful freedom to say, I just need to write good enough. Like I just need to write a letter and write good enough as opposed to a book or something that is more quote unquote permanent. Maybe it is an annual report that's going to go out. Okay. Spend a little bit of time on that, but not mm-hmm. approaching everything with the exact same level. I, so that's part of the mindset to go, okay, this is a newsletter it's going to be read once and then deleted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to like, let's keep perspective that I am not writing a book. I'm not writing something that's going to live in infamy. It's going to live in a trash can. So let me write it, share prayer requests, share bits of my life, keep that relationship going and move on. So that's really helpful what you just shared. I think that's a practical takeaway even from what we're talking about today in terms of mindset around newsletters, what might be a few other practical things that people who are dealing with that burden of success Mm -hmm. that you talked about, what are some things they could do to begin to shift into more personal fruitfulness versus ministry Mm -hmm. fruitfulness? I would say read the book, Becoming More Fruitful, because it takes, some of these shifts do take a while to get. It's not that you just hear it once and you get it. Also, one of the reasons I would encourage reading Becoming More Fruitful is it turns out I was onto something noticing that the, the, the position of the fruit, love being first and self-control being last, they're actually grouped into three groups. So the first three are considered more upward focused fruits, uh, like habit, they're called habits of the mind, but really they're upwardly directed with God. If God can give me love, <laughs> like the love comes from God. The peace and the joy come from God. The next three are considered outward focusing fruit that we need as we interact with other people. So patience, kindness. We need those. Goodness as we're (laughs) interacting with others. And then the final 
three fruit are considered inward ones where we're, we're seeing the fruit within ourselves of gentleness. I found that so interesting that gentleness is an inward one. I would have thought that's outward, but so read the chapter. I mean, there's so much we could just spend and unpack there, but gentleness, um, faithfulness and self-control. And ironically in great, we all understand this with languages. It could have equally, self-control actually could have equally been translated two different ways in English. And you got to just pick a path. So I understand that no shade on the translators, but it could have actually been equally translated as self-mastery of how it is, like what it is God has made us good and we can master. Self-control feels like I've just got to knuckle down. And there's an element of that, but there's also what can I learn about myself and then use that for the good of those around me. It's beautiful. Anyways, I think, so a practical thing is to realize personal fruitfulness is three directed. It's God directed, it's outward and it's inward, which I, again, that was so freeing. So often I will, I have defined fruitfulness as only outward. What's evident in my interactions with the outside world and beginning to realize it's actually very holistic. It is the upward, it's the outward, and it's the inward. And that God gives equal space to each one. Three fruit here, three fruit here, three fruit here. So I have been programmed just, you know, through culture and my own personality, my own wiring. What's outward, I can elevate a little too much because it is seeable. It is measurable. It is obvious. It is what yeah. others will see and possibly, you know, judge me on and small judge, like small J judge. Oh yeah. Amy is doing the work or cause we've all seen a few people who are not doing the work and we do judge them as being like, Hey, your supporters are paying money. Most people right. are doing the work, but, and, and so part of the practical is going, okay, by reading this book, I need to broaden my understanding of, of fruitfulness. And through that broadening comes the freedom that Christ has for us. It's so ironic. We have been set free in Christ, but often I think cross-cultural workers, we do not look like the most free people. We do not act like the most free people. We do not seem to experience freedom. That is such a great point. You're right. I think as a group of people, we don't probably exude that. Yeah. And as I said, the more I learned about this, just it made me love God all the more. And it made me love how his heart is for all of us. It is for those we've come to serve, but it's for us too. And as I live in that freedom and the fruit comes out of me, as you said, it does flow into the ministry fruitfulness. So the practical is just doing like a gut check once, small gut check once a day. And maybe like a 15 minute gut check once a week. Okay. Cause it's so easy to get those orders reversed. And just again, like, I think, you know, it's that broken bone at first, you've got to really hold it in place and then it heals that way. It takes less effort for me now to go, okay, true fruitfulness is the fruit of the spirit. Like before I had to really lean into that because that did not come naturally to me. Yeah. And slowly it is, and it is so freeing. And that's just what I want you and me and everyone listening to this is to experience that freedom. And then out of that, knowing fruitfulness will come both ministry and personal. Yeah. And bringing up that holistic 
perspective, just of the fruit of the spirit. And then remembering that we are spirit, soul, body is so important. I love just even your questions around, you know, how am I doing upward? How am I doing inward? And how am I doing outward? Yeah. Because as missionaries or global workers, we so often, like you said, can be really focused on that outward. But if we don't have the upward and the inward going on, something's wrong. I mean, I can take great care of one part of me, whether it's my spirit, soul, or body, but if the other two are falling to pieces, it's going to affect even the one that's doing good. Exactly. Even if I am producing all the numbers and the salvations in on the planet, if I'm not taking care of the other two directions, something's got to give. So this is a beautiful, I love how you broke down the fruits of the spirit into those three different directions. I think that's a really great visual. It's a really great focus. And it's a great way of asking ourselves questions about how are we doing? Yeah. Doing a check-in. How am I, how am I yeah. doing? How am I how doing? doing? And sometimes we need to ask somebody else because we don't always have very, um, we, for people who are maybe not as self-aware, I'm sure we all think we're very self-aware, but sometimes we're not, we yeah. might need the perspective of somebody we trust or who loves us to say, Hey, could I suggest something? I think maybe your upward or your inward could use a little bit more work. Well, Yeah. 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 Oh, this has been so good. Like you said, Amy, I think we could talk for a long time more, but this is a great starting point for people as they start exploring more, what does personal fruitfulness look like in their lives and how that leads to ministry fruitfulness. So for people who want to know more, you know what to do, pick up the book, Becoming More Fruitful by Amy. And she's got five others. Make sure to check out Velvet Ashes, global trellis. There's a wealth of information online and uh, in books where you can continue to learn more and more about this. And we just want to thank you all for joining us. Amy, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Stephanie. This has really been a joy. Oh, God, it's been so good having you. And for all of you listening, make sure to hit subscribe, leave us a review and share this podcast with somebody who know could benefit from us or from it. And for those of you who want to submit questions for future guests, send questions to care at moderndayorg Happy taking care of your soul this week, and we will see you on our next episode. Since 2008, Modern Day Missions has been providing financial, administrative, and marketing services to Christian missionaries around the globe. We're currently partnered with more than 750 missionaries in 75 different nations. If you or someone you know are looking for a nonprofit covering to fulfill your mission's vision, Modern Day could be the answer you're looking for. Find out more at moderndayorg